Hello and welcome to the Sage Space. With a lot of the clients that come to my clinic, they come here because their skin can no longer cope with the harsh uh, chemicals. It's just like a land that cannot cope with, with the pesticides that you put into it long term. Mm -hmm. Your skin cannot cope with the harmful chemicals that you're bombarding it with long term. Post-cancer, I wanted to create a space to have conversations with the many creative people who offered up their knowledge and wisdom of how to move through this challenging time. Often practical, definitely insightful, and always infused with optimism, these conversations are a joy to share. As the designer Adam Moore says, the act of creating something of beauty is a way of bringing good into the world. Infused with optimism, it says simply, life is worthwhile. My guest today is a pioneer of farm-to-face skincare and a lady with astonishingly magic hands. Alexandra Sovrel is a skin scientist who not only creates, blends and develops her own line of products, but does so using plants and herbs that have been grown by her brother in Portugal. In her over 20 years of witnessing increases in a multitude of skin issues and hearing her clients ponder the next miracle cream or treatment, Alexandra is adamant that there is no quick fix and no magic formula to looking 10 years younger. In her book, Perfect Skin, she says simply we have to look at the bigger picture of our lives when talking about skin, stress, body image, diet, the eternal quest to look younger. All these factors play out on our faces. I first met Alexandra after finishing chemotherapy when I needed some radical TLC on my skin. A surprise session with her and I left feeling as though my skin was firmly on the long road to recovery. But I wish I'd met her sooner. During our conversation, she offers up some super simple tips on what to use on your skin during chemotherapy or radiotherapy. Why it's so critical not to flood our systems with yet more chemicals from harsh skin products. And the technique she wishes everyone was taught at school to get rid of toxins and kickstart immunity. This is a really fascinating chat. This is the Sage Base podcast. And so the first question I always like to ask is how have you found or made space for yourself today? I always wake up very early. So what time were we talking about? Um, I actually woke up at 4am um, only because um, for some reason I've been waking up at 4am every day and then going back to sleep. Um, but the, today I decided to stay awake from 4am and uh, I always start the day by just lying in bed for a few minutes and just kind of gently wake up and then I start my stretching in bed so I kind of stretch my arms and my legs and so by the time I wake up I would have hopefully have uh, created an, enough room for my lymph nodes to be able to be oh. activated. And I usually um, run by my dreams before I wake <laughs> before I actually get out of bed. Um, I love dreams. And I always like to lie in bed um, uh, quietly with my eyes still closed um, or just looking out of the window and try and run through my dreams before I forget them. 
Um, I was brought up in Portugal where we were, we were taught to interpret our, our, our dreams. I, f- I feel from what you're saying that Portugal and all these t- traditional things have played quite a big part in where you are today. Huge, it's, it's, yes. I mean, yes. It's, I, mean I, re- I, re- I read in your book, which is Perfect Skin, an amazing book, yeah. so, many, so many incredible little bits and pieces in it, which we, we can talk about. Um, but there's a real connection with the land and nature mm. in Portugal. There is. I remember when I, although my mother worked in a hospital, um, she was running the sterilisation department, at home was quite a different story. If I had um, bellyache, she would warm up some olive oil and she would do me a massage on my belly with a warm olive oil in a, in a, in a way that later on when I studied anatomy physiology was the right way. So she always did it um, towards your left side in, in a circle so that you actually... Uh, following the way of the column so is is if you do it the, the other way around you would be pushing things back in if you mm. do it in the right way around you're pushing things out how did she know that I don't know but because um, she didn't study anatomy so it's interesting and things like that stuck with me um, for example if we had a bad chest infection she would make a syrup from the skin of um, onions. If you had the throat of a sore throat, she'd make a, a syrup from um, carrots. And later on, when I studied the properties of those um, natural ingredients, I found that they are the correct ones. So my interest in traditional herbalism and traditional ways of um, home remedies um, have played a huge part in what I do. Your path to starting Alexandra Sovereau Skincare was was it a very gradual one? It was quite sudden. Um, I always wanted to do something related to science, um, and I did a degree in philosophy of science, and I did my um, honours qualifier uh, dissertation into the ethics of genetic engineering for flora and human. And it was very, very difficult because this was back in the 90s um, where the human genome was just being decoded by then. We're just getting the first results. That's when Dolly the Sheep got cloned. I don't know whether you remember. Mm-hmm. And everyone was talking about cloning. And, and it was all very exciting. But I got very frightened by it because I had a feeling that the insect population would greatly suffer by genetically modified crops. and um, But um, I didn't feel that I was the kind of scientist that would be in a lab researching, um, confined to those um, very laborious but very good work. So I needed to do something more creative. So I kind of walked away and went and did something else. So in the end... Um, I one day had this crazy idea of starting an organic brand because I've always been very interested in skin and were making my own little sort of remedies at home and my own oils at home and, and they worked better than anything else that I bought out there. So, But I didn't have the finance, so I approached my, my boyfriend, George, 
And I said, what do you think, you know, starting an organic company of skincare? So this was what, what, what year are we talking was, here? This um, was late 90s. The late 90s. So organic skincare was not a thing. Was not a thing. But I wanted to do something with high science. I wanted to use my science skills. I wanted to do highly scientific, use the best way to work with the na- what nature has to give us, honour that. And I wanted to be quite elegant as well and sophisticated. And I didn't know what the, there was nothing out there at the time. But when I told my friends about it, they all looked at me and said, oh my gosh, are you going to be a hippie now? Are you, are you going to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, you know, it's just, and I said, no, and there's nothing wrong with being a hippie, but that's, I'm just going to be me, the same, but no one really understood. And my friends laughed at me and didn't take me seriously until the press started writing about what I was doing. Now, when it comes to health, what we want is for humanity to thrive in a way that uh, disease is not um, something to be feared. And for that, we need to work in harmony with our planet because our health does come from the planet. And um, and this is, this is why I wanted to bring up a brand that looks at skincare in a way that supports your immune system and in a way that connects you to that wonderful thing that nature does towards your health. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk a lot in, lot in your book about being a, a sort of a, a holistic... Holistic, yes. ...skincare scientist, I would say, yes. from what you're telling me, really. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably one of the elements missing from a lot of the skincare industry today is it's... it's I mean, I find it fascinating. There's, there's a passage at the beginning of your book that I will just... Um, that I, I mean, this just kind of really sums up. Um, why are we all not looking younger and more beautiful with an endless stream of new products and treatments available that are the latest scientifically proven, clinically tested, doctor-approved, celebrity-endorsed miracle? Why are we not looking better and feeling happier with our skin? I mean, I read that, and I just thought... What's going on? <laughs> I think uh, the main thing that's going on is that everybody wants a miracle. And we live in a world of... And a quick short, fix miracle. Shortcuts, mm. quick fixes. Everyone wants good skin yesterday. Even though they've been sunbathing too much, smoking, having a life, a really stressful life, which for many people can't be helped... Um, they haven't even given a thought to their genetic makeup. They, um, they just want to put a cream on and have immediately perfect skin. It's not going to happen. And what the cosmetic industry has um, taken advantage of is people's insecurities um, and the fact that... Um, People believe that there is an instant miracle out there for them. There isn't. It just doesn't exist. And you've seen that over the last 15 years of or with, with all your clients who've come in, yes. who've, who've, who you describe as, they've, they, they've seen the, or heard about the next latest thing. Exactly. And they want, they want to try it. What do you think about it? And then they're always disappointed because they don't end up looking 10 years younger. Exactly. And, and I've, I started actually 
doing treatments before I launched my brand in order to understand skin better. And so I've been seeing the same people for almost 20 years now. And um, with a lot of the clients that come to my clinic, they come here because their skin can no longer cope with the harsh uh, chemicals, just like a land that cannot cope with, with the pesticides that you put into it long term. Mm -hmm. Your skin cannot cope with the harmful chemicals that you're bombarding it with long term. So when you first start a skin regime with a, a, other treatments or products that give you the quick results, for the first six months, for the first year, if you are healthy, you will look better, you look younger, because what those things are doing is they are resurfacing your skin. So they're shedding away the old skin on top and new skin is showing from underneath. You are going to look younger and all your friends are going to be giving you compliments and you're going to feel amazing on top of the world. Now, there is a, there, there, there is a time limit in which you can um, carry on on that process. It could be a year, it could be two years, but eventually it will catch up with you. That phrase that is, there, the, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Very <laughs> <Yes. laughs> applies. There's no such thing as skin that can sustain that level of intrusive treatments and uh, heavily chemical-based products. Your skin will start deteriorating. Um, many cases of rosacea are now the norm. Um, when I first started, hardly anyone had rosacea. Um, we didn't even know what rosacea looked like. Now is, I would say, 60% of the clients that come here have been diagnosed with rosacea. Everyone has eczema. Everyone has sensitive skin. Psoriasis is on the app. So there are so there are many undiagnosed skin conditions. Why? Why is that? When you bombard your skin with chemicals year after year after year, obviously your skin is going to start trying to tell you that enough is enough, that it's, it's a living organ that needs to be nourished, detoxified, cared and loved. I mean, it's extraordinary. I think, I think back to my mother, um, and my mother has, 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 has lovely skin, and what all she's ever used is soap and water. Always, always a hot flannel. Nice. Always. Yeah, I like that. And some moisturiser. And, I mean, obviously for me, it took me to have breast cancer to kind of go back to basics, to actually go back down that route, which is mad. It happens to many of my clients. And I think that's because we've been bombarded with the advertisement of these expensive, elaborate skin routines and, and the people on magazines their skin is always flawless and um, so people like your mother and my mother would probably be intimidated by that and think that their whatever they were doing to their skin would not be good enough to pass on to their offspring and I think that's a terrible thing. Um, my mother also, um, she actually made her own oil with um, 
just almond oil and and she infused it with lavender to massage and cleanse her skin with and then her best friend was a tin of you know, the blue tin of Nivea cream that mm-hmm. big cream yeah and that she loved and um, and that was it and she always had beautiful skin and not spending a, a fortune on no. it and this is why in my book I don't mention my brand at all. No, there is a total absence Not of it. Not even once. Mm. And I don't mention anybody else's brands either. What I do is I give you recipes for you to, to make your own products um, that you can just walk into a nice supermarket and pick up a bottle of avocado oil and um, go and get some rose water and really look after your skin so much better than what you would have spent in a in a, in a, in a expensive brand. So when I first came to you, I just finished um, having chemotherapy, and and uh, my skin. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously your entire system slightly collapses, mm. and so my skin had got quite bad. But I think it's taken certainly the last three years to really to to go back to basics and not be afraid to just. Simplify everything. Simplify, yes. I mean, for those that um, don't have the confidence to go that basic, nowadays we very we live in a very good time to invest in nice organic brands. Not just my brand, of course. There's so many of them coming out at the moment, and it is the small brand at, that is actually leading the market. But before you do that. I would really, really urge you to start to just strip all the way back. Just get yourself a really nice oil. You can have fun making it yourself if you want to. Or you can just use a nice plain oil. And just do it for at least three days and see the results. Just cleanse with oil with a hot flannel. Then apply a simple moisturizer. Or you can reapply oil if you want to. And you will see how your skin will become more hydrated, more nourished, less sensitive, and you will start glowing. Now, one thing that you must learn how to do is how to do a nice face massage. Because we live in such polluted environments and such stressful lives, by doing a nice face massage at the end of the day, you are actually rinsing off the toxins that you've accumulated throughout the day. And if you do that, is you is better than any product you can apply. So learn how where your glands are uh, behind your ears, learn how to drain your eyes. All these things are things that I believe they should teach you at school. Right. So that you don't get sore throats anymore. So you are actually encouraging your immune system to work better because you are aiding it in its detoxification process so that your immune system then can go in there and do the repair work. Because for, for your immune system, to, immune system to work well in a body that is very toxic, it's going to be much harder. So if you help your body by detoxifying your eyes, your ears, your glands, your body, your lymph nodes, you are actually giving your immune system 
as kind of a stepping a stepping stone and and that is is learning to work towards helping your body to operate better than putting things in it that is actually is going to give your body, your body something else to do so if you bombard your skin with chemicals and if those chemicals are absorbed into your skin and they go into your liver it's another thing that your body has to detoxify and people that go through chemotherapy I really wish that um, it became common knowledge how they should start um, gently um, massaging their bodies with a very simple, very nourishing oil, something su such as um, an apricot kernel um, that has got lots of B vitamins, and B vitamins are very anti-cancer. So if you massage your whole body with apricot kernel oil, and it's very soothing, uh, because your skin obviously is very sensitive when you're going through chemotherapy, or with a jojoba oil, it's very lovely, and just to try and help your body restore slowly through chemotherapy. So, so you're saying like a, an all-over massage? All-over like massage. A kind of, okay, with a, with a gentle a oil? A gentle oil, um, either apricot kernel or jojoba. is not going to cause... And if anything else, is going to make you less reactive and your body gets very dry, your skin gets very dry. So to give that nourishment that your body needs um, throughout the treatment. And then afterwards, um, you could start adding a little bit of essential oil to that oil. Say so a little bit of lavender, a little bit of orange, um, that will give it a boost so we'll start activating the circulation slowly to then um, so that your once once your circulation is activated, your immune system is also activated. So it's a good way to start massaging your body daily, even dry brushing it daily, very gently, and you kind of bring yourself back to life in that gentle way. What would you advise people put on their face? You know, yeah. you're you're having a big hit of horrific chemicals I I didn't want to just add in more more stuff to no. my skin so, but what would you advise so I would advise that um, to wash with um, so I would say don't wash a lot um, we overwash and especially when you're feeling fragile um, overwashing is not good so and I would make sure that um, you don't have any sulfates within your shampoo or body wash. So you want something which is fragrance-free, sulfate-free, very, very gentle. And, um, and I would also, if you can and if you're able, to get into a warm bath with a bit of salt in it. And that's important because salty water carries... Um, um, is co uh, electricity conductive so um, all the sort of extra um, ions that you've got within you you can disperse all that negative energy of, of the body can be absorbed by the salty water and when you're going through chemotherapy that's and or if you're going through radiotherapy even more have a very gentle warm bath 
every now and then, maybe once a week, twice a week, depending how you feel. And if you feel better by it, then it's a good thing for you. Um, then I would have, I would cleanse my face with just rose water. And if you find the rose water a bit stingy, because the pH of the skin changes throughout chemotherapy, so you want to dilute the water with half just distilled water and half rose water, and gently, if any can, sort of wash your face with that. So you can sort of put it in a cotton pads and just dab it onto the skin, and then with a warm flannel, just take it off and then um, just massage with a nurturing oil such as Jehovah. And then for, if you can't, your skin can take a bit of moisturizer, I would say a really nice sheer batter would be really nice okay. to go on top. So just being really gentle and nourishing, but do not leave your skin out to dry, because it's also very aging. So if your skin, dries a lot through chemo, then it'd be much harder for you to regain its youth. And it's having that glow that makes you feel good and healthy and alive again. And if you look in the mirror after your chemo and the person staring back at you is unrecognisable, it's going to make you feel down and and it's going to be harder mm -hmm. psychologically to you feel a shell a shell so mm -hmm. if you look after your skin throughout the chemo and if your skin is not as bad as it would have been if you hadn't you feel like you've achieved something yeah and then the recovery of the skin and the recovery of the the the, the, the psychological impact of the person staring back at you in the mirror has a lot to do with your recovery i mm -hmm. believe yeah, I mean, you write a lot about that, um, the skin-mind, skin-body-mind connection. Yes. Do you see that a lot in your, in your, in your yes, practice with, in, with your clients? How does it manifest itself? I think there's a, a lot of people have a very um, one-pointed way to look at themselves in the mirror. When they look themsel at themselves in the mirror, the other clues look very closely and they look at their flaws. So if someone doesn't like the bags under their eyes, all they see when they look at themselves in the mirror is the bag under their eyes. And um, we're very critical at, um, at the way we look. Now, it sounds simple, but we have to accept who we are. We, have, we only have one body in this lifetime. We've been given this body um, that works and that is perfectly designed for us to be the people we're meant to be. So we need to look at, to find a way of looking in the mirror and, and accepting that. But also, we need to take a step back and see the whole. And now we're going back to the holistic way of thinking mm -hmm. and see ourselves as a whole and not just someone with dark circles under the eyes. And so we need to kind of fall in love with what we see in the mirror and be proud of it and the things that we can change we should change say for example if you um, have um, very dry very wrinkly skin there's a lot you can do about it you can nourish it and massage it and make it look better um, and so there are things we can do naturally but the things that we cannot 
do. We cannot make ourselves taller. We cannot make ourselves shorter. We cannot make ourselves all kinds of things. We just have to accept it and own it. And that's a massive work in progress for, it's for huge. a lot of us. To it's just... easier said than done, mm-hmm. but we have to find a way to do it. And we have to look in the mirror and be grateful for what we see. I mean, I know that obviously diet and and what you eat can play a big part in, in skincare. What about the gut? Yes, if you really want good skin, and so you have to think that your skin is possibly the last organ that will get the nutrients from your diet. And um, so for your, whatever you, call you are consuming, for that to end up in your skin, first of all, you have to be quite detoxified. So if you have toxic skin, it's going to impair that delivery. Um, secondly, if your gut is not um, absorbing the nutrients that you are consuming, that kind of doesn't make um, any service to your skin either. So for you to have a balanced uh, microflora within you, it's not going to benefit your whole health, it's also going to benefit your skin. And I believe that those that suffer from eczema, which is very much on the up at the moment, and any sort of um, skin conditions that are related to your immune system, it stems from an imbalanced gut. So you need to um, first get rid of all this idea of fat diets, elimination diets. Right. Um, you need nurturing foods. You need foods that are prebiotic foods within you every day. Prebiotic, now there's a difference between probiotic and prebiotic. So probiotic um, are things that will increase your micropopulation within your gut. So um, if you take a probiotic, um, you are giving your gut a culture. So you are populating it with the good bacteria. But what's the point of starting a new colonization, a new civilization within your gut, so to, so to speak, if you're not going to feed it? So then you have to feed that with the right foods. And those are the prebiotics. So those are foods, then when they're broken down within your, within your gut, they will then feed the good bacteria. And these are, there's a long list of them in my book, things such as bananas, mm-hmm. asparagus, archichokes, um, all the greens. Um, the leafy greens. All the leafy greens are going to do that for you too. Um, so, and then also you want to, if you have an unbalanced gut, you don't want foods that um, stay in there for very long that take a long time to process. For example, you don't want a lot of raw food because um, whilst you're, you are repairing the lining of your gut, you want foods that are easily digested. So you would cook your vegetables and hence all the soups that I give, all the recipe, or many um, recipes, but any soup that has got a lot of um, uh, uh, cooked vegetables. One thing that you must eliminate from your diet 
is the gluey processed foods. So just think of whole foods, nothing that has been bleached, nothing that has processed. been processed. So having, for example, a, a small portion of brown rice a day, it actually works as sweepers in your gut. You start cleaning up mm -hmm. all that fiber. Fiber is very, very, very important. So to have root vegetables that are high in fiber, so they become your cleaners. They sweep out all the bad things in it. And uh, they have also full of minerals and vitamins. And when you, when, when you see clients change radically change their diet and focus on a lot more of these sort of real foods, do you, do you see the difference in their skin? Their life changes dramatically. So their life changes and their skin. And the skin. Your skin is always a reflection of your life, mm. of what, well, the life that goes on in your gut, the life that goes on in your mind and emotionally. Your skin is a reflection of who, of who you are inside. So if you want your skin to say, stay youth, youthful and to glow, you have to assess all those other factors. There are so many things I could ask you about and so many things I want to ask you about, but I think we probably need to wrap it up. Um, the last two, what's the sagest piece of advice you've ever been given? Possibly that um, everything you need is within you. Nice, yes. And what sage piece of advice would you give to people listening regarding, well, their skin or anything really? My all-time favourite, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yes. If and you want good skin, put in the work. Okay, good, good, good way to finish. Yes. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Alexandra. You can find out more about Alexandra's work by reading her book, Perfect Skin, an incredible resource and really worth checking out. There are many natural brands I've tried and experimented with over the past few years, so I'll link to some of these in the show notes. And thank you to the amazing musician Julia Ross, a.k.a. Margot in New York City for putting together the music for this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.